0: Welcome to Fano Maramā New Zealand International Film Festival podcast series for 2020. This podcast is a recording of a Q&A following the screening of Nā Whananga Māori Pacifica Shorts at ASB Waterfront Theatre in Auckland on Sunday 26th of July. Co-curators Leo Cosio and Craig Fassi are in conversation with the directors and producers of the short films in the collection let everyone give them a, a, a
1: round of applause. Wasn't that an amazing journey? <laughs> I'm Leo Koziel. I'm the uh, festival director of the Wairō Māori Film Festival on the East Coast in Wairō and Nāti Nunati Rākaui Parker. And I'll just pass it to Craig Fussy to introduce himself.
2: Oh, yes. Uh, my name is Craig Fussy. I'm the... Uh, Director of Hollywood Pacifica Film, um, honoured to be here and um, with Leo to put this lovely show on for you, and um, hopefully soon we'll be talking to the the directors, producers that are here. Come on, come on up, fellow. Don't be
1: shy. So I'm just going to get the ball rolling, uh, and I think Craig's got some questions pre-prepared for the filmmakers to talk about their films. Let's just start with if you could introduce yourself and which was your film, and uh, my question is, you know, just a little bit of the story of, of behind the film and, and how it came to be. Mm.
3: Ah, kia ora koutou kato Ko My film was Forgive Me. It was in Farsi. uh, And the reason I did that is because I made this film in LA when I was living there. And um, it's an interesting place, Los Angeles, has a lot of people from all over the world. And I met the most beautiful, vibrant, lovely gay man who told me the saddest story that he couldn't go back to his country because of who he chose to love. And I just thought of how privileged I was in that moment that I come from a country where I can love whoever I want want to and um I just kind of wanted to make a story in honor of him and the other thing he said to me he couldn't go back because he would have to be forced to do military service because of his age and being uh gay in that country it's almost a death sentence as well you know to have to go through that so um yeah I just kind of uh did a bit of research around that place. Um, I ended up going to Tehran end of last year. But there was a, a cafe, where the, g- the government was making um, public places put CCTV cameras everywhere so they could spy on public. And this particular cafe that I saw, this photographic essay, decided to shut its own doors because they didn't want their own people to be spied upon. So with all those kind of things all molded into to one story, it was really a, a, a forbidden love story in a fin- forbidden place. And I think you just always kind of, I don't know, I try to be as authentic as I can with storytelling. So I wanted it to be in Farsi. I didn't want it to be English. I don't particularly like watching films that are set in foreign countries in their the English language. So, yeah, I just surrounded myself with as, as much as I could and did my due diligence. And, um, yeah, it's had a little nice festival life thus far.
1: Kia ora.
4: And uh,
1: you know, same question for you, Mika, if you could just introduce yourself, and how did the movie come to be? What was the inspiration?
4: Uh, kia ora koutou, or ko Mika Takungun no kaitahu Mamoi, uh, me ngāpuhi. Uh, Girl is um, one of a collection of stories I'm working on to do with Carmen herself, but we spent five years. And uh, both Kath and actually Chelsea have been on the waka of that. In fact, many of you in the room have probably been on this waka for about 30 years, because we know what it's like. And um, what was really good for me today was hearing all the hoary laughter because, um, <laughs> because it's kind of important when I've been working on this for years that it's Māori takatāpui but also human. And just hearing your laughter today just was, was wonderful because I've never heard or seen an audience actually do this. So um, for me, the journey's been decades. Um, and I did this story because when Carmen and I spoke about doing it, we just felt Tucker films by Māori about taka is a good thing, and, and actually it's only now we can, I think we'll all agree now, look at all the films today, we can actually be us, we can actually speak in our own languages and wear our own frocks on stages, and it's way more just, yeah, okay, whereas even five years ago it would have been, ooh, so we've come a long way, so I'm very pleased with Leo and the team, and NZIF to include the film. Kilda. Good. Kia
5: Um, we are answering questions about why we did the film. Um, uh, first of all, I just want to congratulate all of you. They, those films are beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, I also want to thank my team who are here, in particular, um, where are you guys? Oh, there they are. Uh, Verity, my producer, Verity McIntosh, Macintosh, uh, Gareth Moon, Ari Lieberman, and Hinetu Dauhinitui, too, please. <laughs> to koe te koka. Um, so Pudia is a kind of tiny introduction to a bigger project which um, I've been working on for a few years now called Corker, and basically, <laughs> this is really embarrassing to admit, but we went to the East Coast um, to collect images to present as a sort of introduction to what the feature film could be, and then as it turned out, as they do, um, uh, the story started wanting to be its own identity, so we let that happen, we shot it last year up on the east coast in Ngatipurau, and then edited just before the lockdown, and Ali came on board to do composition um, during the lockdown. So the film has kind of been inspired by and motivated by, um, uh, I guess, our way Kia ora.
0: Kia ora, everybody. Um, I'm one of the producers for Money Honey. Unfortunately, our director, um, Isaac, can't be here. But I do have a little statement. Is that okay for read there? Sure, very. Yeah. Okay. Um, tina. Koto Katoa, I'm very sorry I can't be with you in person today, but this pandemic means I'm unable to return to Aotearoa just now. However, the Wairo is there, my Fano is there, and I'm with you in spirit. I'm very excited to share our film, Money Honey, with you all today. It's an honor for our film to have its Aotearoa premiere in this section of New Zealand International Film Festival. Making this mahi was an important part of learning as a filmmaker. It's taught me about cultures, languages and perspectives that are different from my own and it continues to provide an environment for young minds to grow in these strange times. I'm so grateful to be part of this year's program. To the cast and crew of Money Honey, I'm very proud of this film that we made together. I'm thankful that you all agreed to go on this journey with me to share an experience I will never forget. Much with the characters in the film, Red and Hank with their intelligence and creativity, we too were able to run this and turn nothing into something, something very special. I'm in horror of all of your creativity and talent. I'd like to recognize the community of Balmoral where I grew up. I want to thank you all for welcoming us into your homes and businesses that we could tell the story. Your generosity and kindness stays with us. To you, the audience, thanks for coming to the theatre to, wel- uh, to celebrate the wonderful talent in this country. Finally, for me, Money Honey is a film about friendship and learning how to live in the worlds that we were born into. Very often, those worlds are unequal, and we must acknowledge this. I leave this, I leave, I leave you this with this thought that remains hidden in our society, if is of as much in sig- significance as that we praise. Thank you. Um, and this is Robbie Peters, who will.
6: So, yeah, I'll just kind of touch upon what uh, Money Honey was about and how I came to be, but I won't speak for Isaac. So, me and Isaac go back about seven years, so when I was about 15 years old, and he was making his first film, and I was in the camera department, and he told me to watch a film called Midnight Cowboy at the time. So, when I began to watch that film, I realized that there was a very interesting aspect of it, is that there was a very dreamlike quality to it, but below the surface, there was this very raw emotion about the characters. And he approached me s- about seven years later with Money, Honey, and he said, I want to make a film within that kind of genre. So I said, you know, I'll, I'll help you in however way I can. And then uh, over the next sort of couple weeks, I managed to get Lissandra on board and everything from there kind of spiraled into production. But I think a very important aspect of the film was the perspective of the child. <coughs> You know, I think the child in that, in that circumstance doesn't really understand that they are suffering. So, to make a film about something very serious but still get to keep the humanity intact, I found that a very exciting proposition. So, yeah, that's how I came to Make Money Honey. Thank you.
7: Uh, Thank you. I just want to go and congratulate every on stage beautiful films uh quite happy to be a part of it so yeah uh emily um uh, I just want to thank my cast and crew up some somewhere up there um yeah. thank you guys for coming all the way from wellington uh I know it wasn't cheap <laughs> but thank you guys um emily uh, the inspiration around emily was um well First of all, was passion. I've always wanted to show my imagination instead of thinking about it, um, and and also half of the side of me making this film was um, I, I lost a friend of mine. A, at that time, I didn't know wha- how to feel, and um, or how to react, and, um, uh, uh, and and you know, obviously, you saw the film. I, I, you know, I I didn't know. I, I wanted a I, I wanted a family. Person to play this character of where I f- where I was at that time, and um, I ov- obviously I chose a mum because you know m- you know we w- there's a lot of strong females around around all of us, and um, so yeah, uh, and in my in my family I have a lot of females around my family, so I, I kind of wanted it based around them how they would react if something like that happened to them. Um, everybody's got different ways of reacting. Um, just imagine putting yourself in that situation with that mum. How would you react? So, yeah.
8: Um, uh, kia ora everybody. My name is Rob George and um, my film was I Am The Moment. And my cast and crew, the bro, is just up there. <laughs> you did a great job, bro, you did a great job. Um, so, yeah, my, my film is a, a documentary um, following the performance artist, Kalisola de Uhila. Uh, we went to Tokyo, which was amazing, and we just filmed and filmed and filmed and filmed <laughs> and thought about it later, and... Um, yeah, it was a cool process, and I think, I'm speaking for the bro, obviously, but um, it was a negotiation and a collaboration, and um, I think we won? Yes. He said yes. He said yes. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, a I mean, in a nutshell, the film is an exploration of this artist who is an amazing performance artist, and I was lucky to be there to document him. So, shot. Sure, thank you.
2: So j- uh, just in terms of the films themselves, very challenging, I'm sure, and amazing works indeed. Um, I just want to say there's probably enough negativity around. I want to talk about success. Uh, what was the biggest um, success aside from, from making the film itself? Back down the line.
8: Um, biggest success? Um, we finished it? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, man, I don't know. That's a good. Um, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, getting, I mean, getting logistically just getting to Japan to shoot, to prep for, um, we thought we might shoot a feature film at that, st- I don't know, we were just prepped to shoot a film and that was a nightmare. Well, no, it wasn't a nightmare, but you know, there's a lot that goes into it. So I think when I arrived um, to film, I was relieved. And then when I made it back home with footage and backups, footage, um, I was happy again, and then when I started cutting the film together, <laughs> I'm just grateful to have finished. That's
7: my success. Uh, success. Uh, we got selected for this beautiful festival, so that's a, that's a big success. Um, success. There was a lot of no's. I applied fundings for this film quite a few times. There was a lot of noise, <laughs> uh, So I said to myself, you know what? I'm experienced. I'll do it myself. So I did it. <laughs>
6: so that's the next success.
7: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
6: Um, I think one of the biggest challenges and I think one that we, we to overcame was shooting an actual 35mm film because the stock is something that is quite hard to get your hands on. Just getting all the conditions right with the crew and just to get the image you know, shipped back to America and back all intact. I think that was a big challenge, but I think we came out okay and our DOP over their own managed to get everything right. And yeah, I think that was a big success on Honey for that. Thank you.
5: Um, I grew up in a little community called Ratoria and it's part of a tribe called Ngati Prao. They are the hardest people in the world to please. <laughs> so my personal success in this was actually getting an email from, from home where um, uh, people were saying how proud they are. So, you know, they, I, I f- and I only got that about four days ago. <laughs> so then I could really relax and actually email my friends and say, come, come along, you know. Prior to that, I didn't want anyone to see it.
4: Success. Um, the success is that when I first watched the final version after decades of working on this, I smiled. And you know, sometimes what I've learned as an artist is sometimes you've got to really like what you make, you know. And there is another point. We're lucky to have some of Carmen Ruiz Fano with us this evening, who came all the way up, Would <laughs> like to And. Um, I'm having a little after party at Carmen Jones. Get it, Carmen. Carmen Jones on K Everyone is invited. Uh, there are cheese and uh, there are cheese and pineapple toasties for two dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Kona coffee is disgusting. You must have one if you're white. <laughs> You'll love it. It's wonderful. You've probably never had it before, but it's time. Every Māori in the room knows what I'm talking about. Instant coffee. Yes. <laughs>
3: That's a success. We get to go to a party after. Um. Success, I think if, if you manage to finish a film and you're still friends with your cast and crew, that's pretty <laughs> much a success, so um, since making that, uh, I've now been attached to two Persian features, just purely based on the relationships you make, and people over there, are, you know, it's the, uh, they're really interesting people and got a lot of kind of, you know, wonderful stories to tell, and I think there's a lot of similarities too you can find, um, but maybe my most personal, biggest success is actually being home right now because I managed to escape LA. So that's my success.
1: <laughs> Go to Chelsea. Actually, I, I've got a question. Um, where was th- the film shot?
3: Oh, it was shot in LA in like this little cafe we found on Sunset Boulevard. Like, just you just look around and find stuff, you know. Um, it was actually a beautiful cafe because they uh, their whole philosophy was they would employ people with mental health. And um, she was a beautiful woman who was just running it on, the, the on bones of nothing. So when we asked if we could use a cafe, you know, and pay like a thousand bucks or something to use the place, she was just like, yes, please. And it was, it was a lovely exchange that we had, yeah.
1: Because the film literally could not get made in Iran.
3: Uh, no, definitely not. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I, like I said, uh, Sina, who this film, the lovely young man that I met, um, you can still be executed and hanged for being gay in in tehran and in, in Iran, so that in and of itself is pretty crazy, um, so definitely not where we actually when we went there in November last year was when they had the oil uh, there was like a price hike in gas, and they shut everything down. We were kind of stuck there with no internet connection. it was crazy like i 'm not sure if we were going to get out, <laughs> but we did obviously yeah right
1: amazing Um I I think like there might be... Any, any questions from the audience for... Like a burning question for one of the filmmakers?
8: <laughs> <laughs>
1: for those who didn't hear, the question is about the text message in Chelsea's film. Feelings around it.
3: Yeah, so Cena, you know, in the end when he says forgive me, he knew what he was doing in that moment. And that's the thing with young love, you kind of act bit stupid sometimes. You may, might make silly decisions, not realise what you're doing, the consequences of your actions. So it was kind of speaking to that. He, he didn't really mean to d- do it, obviously in the end, but he was hurt, so and we didn't need to know what it said. It's pretty obvious.
1: Got another question, Craig? Oh here we go.
6: Why why shoot and film? Um well me, me and Isaac have always been inspired from films from the 70s and the 80s and we both really enjoy 35mm photography so when it came to doing a film um, we just said well, "Just go big or go home, you know, just go for it it might be the last film you make so give it everything you have so yeah, that's, we just went for it cool. Thank you
1: Question from Linda Tate
8: Who said that? Um, oh, that would be telling though. Um, it was like three weeks. Yeah, so arrived. Yeah, arrived in. Uh, there was in spring, I think. Yeah, so arrived there. Um, started shooting and then started discovering what we were going to do and then, yeah. But it was quite. It was quite full on. There was a few. I think we took a few days off at the start and end. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so, yeah about, yeah, about three weeks.
2: Just got a few minutes left. Um, maybe there. just go down the... Up here we go. Yes? Up um, this has all been
3: really
1: amazing. Just. So, Leo, where does it all go to from here? The, the question is, where does it go to from here? Well, I mean, we're all in the middle of a really unusual situation. Uh, in the first instance, um, tonight was the world premiere of the Hawaiian movie, Kāpāi Mahu, in a movie theatre. They've been in about five different festivals. They got into Tribeca and won a prize in New York. But this is the first time that that film has screened physically in a theatre. And of course, I think if the borders were open, they probably would have been on the stage tonight to to um, view it. So so we're in this unusual situation. Uh, and hey, can you give, give yourselves a round of applause? We sold out the screening tonight <laughs> to support Aotearoa filmmaking. And it's just a beautiful thing in the middle of... I, I think you know, these next six months in our country are going to be t- time for reflection and to watch New Zealand stories, watch Aotearoa stories, watch Pacifica stories, Maori stories. And, and so they're online on the website. There's, there's another screening, I think, in Auckland Next week at uh, the Howick Movie Theatre, there's going to be another screening down in Wellington, so the home crew will be coming along to support Carmen down there. But it's also going to be available online. So, hey, amazing, we had a full house, but people can still watch these films online. So, we're in in very interesting times. But I want to say, too, you know, how amazing to see them all as they're meant to be seen on a giant screen. So, too much of that. Um, There's Fred Renata.
6: I've got three questions, I'm sorry, if you don't mind. The first question is, um, I never had a ticket for this, but it's sold out. But why are there so many seats? And That's the first question, you know. And the second question is, it was for the filmmaking, how would you afford to make the moving on the film? We've shown them through the We know, through restricted budgets and how we've been it.
2: I'd
1: like to know how you could possibly afford
4: the wardrobe of makeup. You've obviously never seen my wardrobe. No, um, I honestly s- spent three years visiting op shops and second-hand stores from Invercargill to Kaita. I'm not joking. I, there are things in there that um, are, everything in there is actually from the 70s. The cigarette dispenser as well. Um, we rebuilt K Road out the front. So we re- whole rebuilt the pink pussycat and all the things. And Barry's here who helped me make that. <laughs> Mr. Barry. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, we did spend a lot of money. Uh, but it's not about... It's, I just wanted to get it before I make the feature what I wanted to feel. So thank you for the comment about the wigs. Because, yeah, Jasper, you are still here, Jasper? And how Have you run off to drink? they there? Yes. So, th- Where are they? They're over here somewhere? They're oh, they're out g- yeah, drinking. <laughs> but the other good point is we, I managed to get funding for a whole bunch of young LGBT Māori Pacific kids to get paid to work on screen. <laughs> and, you know, and that's like... And they're all here, you know, all, all, all 30 of them. You know, I have my own Mikha Foundation, the board members. I put the board members in the film as well. Um, and my co up hasn't changed. I, I make art stuff that's queer, but I always like to bring our lot through with me. So, kia How many we have to buy to make
6: the About 2,426,000. So, get out those $2 coins. So, sorry, what was the question? How do we manage to make on thirty-five? Um, well, you'd be surprised how much equipment that isn't being used for thirty-five millimeters just lying around. So we could a get, we could, a ma- we could kind of get a lot of it for next to nothing. And just the way we structured the production, which was quite, you know, small, it was just about two characters traveling very light. So if we kept the production quite mobile and we borrowed uh, equipment from just rental houses that weren't really being used, we managed to really only just kind of the biggest cost was just stock which was, you know, in when you're shooting digital, a lot of the equipment is always in demand because every production shoots digital. So the moment you move to film, you'll find an excess amount of equipment that's just not really being used. So it did work out to about the same if we did or did not do it, but it was mainly an aesthetic choice that we wanted. And also, I think, when you shoot on film, you really value what you put in front of the, the camera because you only have a limited amount of stock. So... Every time you're rolling camera, you want to make sure that what you're getting is what you want. So that was really the the main um, focus behind shooting on film. So yeah, in terms of the the cost expenses, that because no one's really using it, you could kind of w- even it out. Yeah.
0: It was a self-funded um, short film as well, so yeah, it all came out of Isaac's pocket. Yep.
2: Yeah. Cool. Just to tie everything up, I think we're getting the. <laughs> The ding-dong. So um, thank you very much to the directors and producers over here. Uh, thank you very much to Fano Maraman International Film Festival for having us. And also to yourselves for uh, coming along and supporting. Please um, support the films that are coming up online and um, spread the word. There's more films to be shown through the festival. Thank you for coming. Muna